Welcome back to the Build It Up podcast. My name is Alex Moody and I'm the CEO of Moody Cadell and Partners and today we've got Mike Raba, Raba from right, Mike Raba. Raba. So who I've known That's how my who I've actually is. known I've actually known almost my entire life and I've never mispronounced his name until right now. So Mike you. Rava Place from back to school. Pinnacle Pressure Washing and actually we were just talking about school because that is where we met and we actually became good mates in a dorm room in year 11 in a boarding school which was not much bigger than the room that we're recording in right now so no news for a long time with four blokes so yeah but uh so the fact that we're still mates and mates with the other two guys after that says a lot i reckon but anyway so welcome and um it's really good to see you as we see each other quite regularly but actually talk to you about your business so just start with, tell us about Pinnacle Pressure Washing. What is the business? Tell us about that. Um, yeah, thanks, Al, and thanks for having me on. It's very much appreciated. Um, so Pinnacle Pressure Washing essentially is a house washing business or a property washing business. Um, I do anything from strata, residential homes, commercial, industrial. Um, I really got into the industrial side of things, but um, it, it predominantly getting homes, a lot of the business is getting homes ready for sale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a combination of um, pressure washing, hard services, and soft washing the actual home itself. Um, there's a bit of window cleaning. I'm good at the window cleaning, but I don't enjoy the job. It's, um, it, it can be quite a frustrating job in itself. But the, the rest of it, um, anything on the outside of the home, I can, I can get ready. Uh, in regards to the sale process. So this actually starts the conversation around how you thought about the business, how you got it started, because your background is in real estate. Yep. So just tell us a little bit about that. Yep. So I have come out of a 20-year career in residential sales, um, predominantly on the lower north shore. Uh, got out of actual uh, frontline selling about four years ago and got into management, so sales management, operations management. Um, and then mid last year got made redundant Um, and at the time it was pretty shitty but it also gave me an amazing opportunity to be able to sit back and work out what it was I wanted to do. I guess the way I look at it is we're now working into our next 20 year earning capacity window to set us up for retirement Um, and I came to the realisation after many conversations with my wife and friends that I didn't want to be sitting behind a desk for the next 20 years and and managing people necessarily um, in the the capacity that I was. So then I looked at what other options I've got in front of me or had in front of me and and I hadn't gone to university. I went to TAFE and did business and did a diploma in public relations, but neither of those. The business was very broad and good for what I'm doing now, but the public relations I never really got into. But... Um, I, I like being outdoors and I like being physical. Um, so I looked at a couple of different options, one being um, landscape maintenance, so mowing hedges, general garden maintenance. Um, the challenge I saw with that was that it is heavily weather dependent. So particularly after the last two, two and a half years we've had with the amount of rain we've had, it, it can heavily affect your, your business and your cash flow obviously if you have a couple of wet months um, and then came across and it hadn't been on my radar but came across uh, pressure washing and 
it's a business you can do rain, hail, yeah, or shine. Yeah, come across. So bumped into, funny enough, I was up at Harris Farm Markets one day doing a shop up and bumped into a guy that I'd used in the industry for 20 years, right. uh, a guy called Michael Webb. And I was talking to Webby about what, what I was thinking of doing and um, he didn't bat an eyelid and he just said, mate, why don't you, have you thought about pressure washing? And I said, oh, not, not really. And the, the, one of the biggest challenges I was trying to work out is whilst money's not my driving focus, I do have financial responsibilities. I have a mortgage and I've got a little family and, and whatnot. Um, so I was trying to reverse engineer the hourly rate I would need to bill in order to be able to make enough money to be able to fulfil my obligations and put some money away. Um, and I really struggled getting my head around what my hourly value was. Um, and the conversation going back to Mike Webb was he said mate you don't charge by the hour you charge by the job Um, and that eliminated that difficulty of trying to work out what the hourly rate was Um, so Webby said look let's catch up for a coffee I sat down with him and he's been doing it for 20 years and he's ex-military and and he's um, he's a very generous guy with the time he's given me and we sat down and went through the business and and it's a very simple business there's not a lot of skill required it's hard work um, but it's a business rain, hull or shine you can work um, putting lightning aside um, so, so the customer doesn't care if it's raining. No, they just, they just need no. Rain. Often a customer will say, "Look, we're going to book the job in next week," and the customer will say, "Oh, look, I'll check the weather and see what it's like." But as I explained to them, if it's raining, it's fine because it washes away any debris or any um, runoff that we have anyway. So it, it doesn't affect the job at all. In fact, in a wet day, it probably gives a better result. Right. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So, so tell us about, so you working as a real estate agent, yep. you used Webby and I guess yep. other pressure yep. washers, other landscape yep. designs yep. So, or, or um, maintenance people. Just talk to us about the process of getting a, a, a house ready for sale and how important it is to coordinate all those people and yep. time frames and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, really interesting question. It, if you go back 10, 15 years ago, you would normally go in, you would appraise a property, you do a listing presentation, you give some recommendations to the client about what they should do to the property to get it ready for sale. Um, they would normally then go out and source all the tradespeople and manage it themselves. Um, I guess as property prices have increased, commission rates have been under pressure, agents have to then establish what their, their value proposition was to the client. Um, and I think what a lot of them now... Um, lean on in regards to their value proposition is their trades and and managing that whole process and it forms part of their commission so um now you go to all the top agents they've got their painters they've got their pressure cleaners they've got their furniture stylists they've got their electricians plumbers so when they walk into a home now they take their time to walk around and establish what needs to be done to the home to maximize the value um, now, what they do is they'll go back to the office and manage that whole process, essentially like a project manager. Um, so if you can get in with a dozen high-performance, high-volume agents, there's your business right there. It's really interesting. I never thought about prop, uh, a, a sales agent having to do project management, but that's exactly what they do. Yep. So talk to us, because you've, I mean, 
you know, we're diving right into the business now, but like I've, I've spoken to you a fair amount about your, you know, points of difference and, and the competitive advantages that you've already established within the market, and it's around the agents and, I mean, you know, leading into how you um, work with them, how you communicate with them, because you know yep. what is required from the, uh, at their end. So just yep, yep, yep. a little bit about that. So, as you can appreciate, some of these top agents are doing anywhere between 8 and 14 to 16 deals a month. Um, And if they're doing project management on half of those, and they've got three or four trades, the the numbers soon add up to being quite a lot of um, project management involved in that process. So, the biggest thing, like a lot of people ask me, do the agents want a referral fee or something for handing business to me? And... I know being in the business and I know the people that I deal with that they don't want that, but what they do want is really, really clear and consistent communication. And that's to know that when they refer you to a client that you pick up the phone, you ring them straight away, you speak to them professionally, you present professionally when you go around and see them because you are an extension of their brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you do what you say you're going to do and some. Um, so my big point of difference I think on a lot of trades probably that are out there is my attention to detail around communication and as I said they don't want any monetary referral fees out of it or anything like that but what they do want is to know once they refer the job to you it's just going to be looked after and they don't have to worry about it have you I mean you're pretty so when did you start the business only what Uh, January 1 yeah right okay So, so less than six months yep. ago have you uh, it's probably too early to get any repeat business but like is there uh, your model which is to get a, 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 a referral from a customer who is fun- or to a customer who is fundamentally selling their property mm. is there an opportunity for recurring revenue repeat business in your yeah look I, I think that's definitely something that will come into play in the next 12 to 18 months um the, predominantly the work that I do around the pressure cleaning and the soft washing, if the job's done correctly, it should be a 12, 18 month expiry sort of on when that job needs to be done again. Um, so I've got a bit of time on that. But with the fact that I'm doing a lot of work for people that are selling homes, if they're moving out of area, I often miss that opportunity to go and do it again for them um, unless they're moving locally. But uh, look, I'd say 85% of my work, 90% of it is going to be one-off jobs. Yeah. But the volumes there in the area that I'm working in, that residential sales, because the agents are bringing my pipeline yeah. to me, that that works for me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So just chat to us a little bit about, just take us through, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit of the study that you did and just the early your early days and getting in and some of the things that you learned as, you know, about sales and customer service when you're a sales agent. Yeah, so... Again, I when I go down and see clients and, and I treat them like it's essentially a listing presentation and I, I walk a lot of... I'd say predominantly the quotes are face-to-face. Um, there'll be some that are basic and I can look up online, general photos online and give them an understanding of what the quote will be. Um, but most people want you to come and see them face-to-face because you are dealing with water, and pressured water so you can do damage and I guess they want to know that when they let you and sign you off on their property that 
you're going to do a professional job and, and you're not going to damage their property. So I walk around their home and I go out of my way. It's my old real estate days, like I make connections with them. If I see photos on the wall, uh, school photos, and there's a connection with schools, I bring it up or I'll comment on the presentation of the home or the gardens or whatever it is, just so you make them feel good about their home and what they're about to sort of go into and sort of what I'm there to do is to enhance what their property already looks like. So um, whether it hasn't been maintained um, for a long time and it really needs a lot of work or whether it's just touch-ups, you just want the client to feel special about their home because everyone's house great. Um, so then going back, um, uh, with my, what was the question? Well, early days in sales. Early days yeah. in sales. And again, with, I think you've got to listen to the client and I always walk around back to um, a paper diary and I take notes um, and I take photos and I attach photos to the quotes. So I run all my quotes through zero um, and I, I make sure I get back to them the same day that I've gone down and seen them. Um, and then follow up, generally, I follow up's generally not required. They normally book me in the same day or yeah. within a couple of days. Um, but if I haven't heard from them for a week, I'll usually give them a quick call, which again, I don't know what your experience is like with tradespeople if you've ever had them out to quote on work, but I've never received a follow-up call ever from a tradesperson. Um, but again, it's not a pushy tactic. It's just more just checking in, any questions about the quote, um, and just get a read from them. Uh, predominantly, I'm not up against other people when I'm getting quotes done. So the quote will be just them getting a, a, a feeling of the level of where the, the financial commitment's going to be rather than they're going to get three quotes. Everyone's out of time poor these days. They just don't have time to do it. Particularly, you go and try to get three electricians to come out and quote on fixing your oven, mate, two of them won't even turn up. They won't want to do it because it's normally a race to the bottom on price um, if you're getting three quotes. So generally speaking, the agent that's referred me in there, they've got enough respect from the client that the client will say, look, if they trust Mike, then we're happy to use him as long as he's within reason on, on or as long as he represents value in what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, because when you sell a property as a, as, a, as a vendor, once you made the decision to trust the agent to sell your property, you're going to do whatever the he or she is going to tell you to do. In other words... You know, I'm selling what is in Sydney a multi-million dollar asset. Yep. I'm trusting this person to do the yep. job. If this person says, okay, we've got six weeks, we need to get it ready to get on real estate and domain by here, yep. working backwards from that, we need yep. photos done by here, yep. working backwards from that, we need to get it styled, we need to get the gardens done, yep. so we need to start with the pressure washing, it needs to be done pronto, Normally I'm going to put you in, yep. put you in touch with this person. Yep. You're not going to. It's unlikely you're going to go. Ah, oh, I'm going to jump on Google and find somebody else. No, or, no. Yeah. So no, and it's interesting. Got to be in the captive market at that point. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. we've we've spoken about it before. And the interesting thing about my business is, firstly, I am normally the first to work. So before painters come in, stylists, anyone, yeah. gardeners, they get the house cleaned. Yeah. So I'm the first one in. Um, so it's normally the first box they want to tick, and they're probably less looking at variations in the quote too much um, but I also use the analogy that I'm probably 180 degrees on the other end of the spectrum to a removalist 
I'm at the beginning of the process where I've just had the agent come down and tell me my house is worth $4 million. Um, you're holding on to that hope for that price. So investing money, they're sort of going, yep, we can see value in that, blah, blah, blah. Once the hammer comes down, once they exchange contracts, then they're organising quotes like removalist quotes. At that stage, reality's kicked in and they may have sold it for three and a half million which is probably still a good result, but all of a sudden they're looking at every quote through a magnifying glass. Um, and people, you speak to removalists, they'll often be up against three or four other different quotes. Um, so as I said, I'm on the other end of the sale process, which is probably where you want to be. So um, let's just dive into the, into the business a little bit. So you decided to you know, start a pressure washing business. What? How did you go about finding equipment and what equipment yeah. did you buy and what do you need and the chemicals and the that funny thing that looks the like fan. a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> is that a fan, is it? Yeah. Right. I think there's probably 20 different names. Right. And so it's like a circular... So everyone kind of gets the idea of the, the wand and yep. the, like, it's just a hose. Yep. It's not just a hose. Well, no. Very, very strong No, it's hose. a really strong hose. <laughs> Run one of those across your feet. Would it cut you? I've run it over my skin a couple of times and it bruises badly. Okay. So so this thing is like a... How do you explain it? It, It's like a big round... It's like a lawnmower. Yeah, okay. Without wheels and it sort of hovers on the ground. It hovers, yeah. Yeah. What does that do? Uh, It's for doing more even pressure cleaning. So you'll often depends on the surface but often with a concrete driveway you'll use it because it's a large surface area you're cleaning right. and you don't want any um, obvious patterns in the concrete being left from the pressure cleaning right. um, which a combination of the fan and chemicals will even that out so right. it gives it better finish okay. and it's also a lot quicker yeah right yeah, yeah. So, so tell us so you started you go okay I'm going to do this you spoke yep. to Matt Webby, Mike Mike, Mike, yep. Mike. Yep. And he said, and again, this is the stuff that you need. Yep. And again, I made the conscious decision I didn't need all the sexy equipment. Um, I've been to pressure washing um, uh, wholesale shops where you could drop 150, 200 grand on a setup. Like, right. you can get the biggest like and all the bells and stuff. Correct. Yeah. And, and there are Instagram, like in the US, pressure washing is huge. Um, it's like lawn mowing companies. Like everyone right. gets their houses pressure cleaned. I don't know why, but it's massive over there. But you look on Instagram, some of the pimp my pressure washing vans. Like right. they, but that that's important to some people. For me, I wanted to run a high margin business. So for me, I didn't need all that. Um, in fact, I started out with a box trailer, which my dad gave me, which he had laying around at home, yeah. um, just to get by for the first three or four months. Cash. I wanted to keep cash flow. Um, in the positive, um, and then eventually I bought a little um, Volkswagen transporter van from Pickles secondhand. Um, but Webby was great in regards to giving me just some advice around what machines to buy, and I'm still learning a lot about machines. And, and I bought a basic, um, basic sort of entry level commercial machine, um, which wasn't a huge. I think it cost me two and a half grand. Um, now I've sort of bought hoses and. Um, other attachments and bits and pieces to, to add on to that um, but it's not a huge level of investment up front. Could you fit that in the back of a little SUV? Or You could but I'd, I'd be reluctant because 
um, just because the smell of petrols right. and, and oh, yeah. the chlorine, I, I, I probably wouldn't. That's why I had the trailer. Yeah, right. Um, so, so you could, I like, ultimately, you could rent a crappy trailer. Yep. For six months until you yep. saved up to to, yep. to finance. Or you buy one second hand. Like, like right. there are hundreds of box trailers on right. Facebook Marketplace. You buy one for a grand. Right. Um, so three and a half thousand dollars, including the. You the, could essentially be set up and set start up. doing wow. some work and get some cash coming in. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then in regards to chemicals, look, the chemical side of it again, you can get very technical with it and spend a lot of money on a, 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 an array of chemicals, but. I, I keep it pretty simple. What it is, what I'm doing predominantly is getting rid of mildew and um, it's like a living organism that's growing in the, the either concrete or the brickwork or the right. sandstone. Like moss, so, yeah. It's like moss. Um, so what a lot of people do that have time on the weekends is they'll pressure clean it themselves with a little carter or gurney yeah. um, and they will clean the surface of the paper. And it'll look relatively clean and, and do the job. But what they'll start to see over the next three or four months is it will grow back. It will grow back pretty quickly. Um, the purpose of the chemicals is to kill it right. so it doesn't grow back. Um, so as I said earlier, if I do my job right, you should get 12 to 18 months out of a clean rather than three or four months. Um, and particularly with the weather we've had in Sydney over the last two or three years, you drive around a lot of these suburbs, there's a lot of green homes um, that that need attention. But the chemicals are heavily diluted and, and there's degreasers. Um, I use pool chlorine, which again, I dilute heavily, but um, you've got to be really careful with that, with um, watering down gardens before and after, just to make sure you don't kill any plants or brown them off. Um, but you learn as you go, but it, it's pretty basic. There's not, but you can get very technical with it, um, but you don't need to. And, and like runoff and like, yeah. you know, it going to waterways and stuff like that. Is well, it's, it's funny you say that. A few people have asked me that, but the reality is there's chlorine in our drinking water. Yeah. Um, and if anything, I'd say the chlorine would probably clean out the, the Sydney um, uh, stormwater drains anyway. So, it's not doing any damage. So with a blue tub of chlorine you buy from Bunnings, it's right. got 9% chlorine in it. Right. I'm diluting that one to six. So right. it is heavily diluted. Um, it depends on the size of it, but a day's work, I'm looking for anywhere between 1,500 and two grand for a day's work. Yeah, right. Awesome. Um, so that's starting at 8.30 and finishing when I finish the job, whether it's four or five o'clock. Um, so do you, can't, do you quote on Monday and do the job on Tuesday or what's the sort of Yeah, so the, there's not a huge lead time. Um, so if you ask me what I'm doing, I've got a full week, next week booked out, but the following week, if you ask me what I'm doing, I don't have any jobs booked. But I know by mid-next week, I'll hopefully be fully booked. Um, so a lot of it is agents going down, signing a client up, they want to get the house on the market within three, four weeks. I'm in first, so they need to get me in within a week. So... Um, there's not a lot of lead time or um, I don't have a lot of visibility around what I'm looking like in a month but I can tell you next week I'm fully booked and then and then so you go and quote just on one particular job yep. you quote say the next week you're going to do the job yep. sort of thing and then when do they pay you the day I do the job the day what, yep. so do you bring a FPOS or something yeah like so that? I've actually um, NAB have a app 
now right. that I can use. It's only on Android, it's not on Apple for some reason. I think they're bringing it out, but now I can put it all through my phone and they right. just tap the back of my phone. Oh, so they can just pay on their, on yeah, their credit card or debit yeah. card at the, that day. Yeah. And what if they're not there? Do you send them an invoice? And send them an invoice, um, and I never have to chase them, to be right, honest. Yeah. Um, 90% of my payments are just AFTs overnight. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So uh, cash flow is good, yeah, good cash flow business. Yeah, I'm not chasing invoices. So it's basically from the moment that you start the quoting process, you're going to get paid within a week. So that's Correct. Of, yep. And, and, and the yep. day that you, yep. from the day that you do the job. Yep, exactly. So low capex, Low as, asset light. I mean, yep. you've got you got a you got a you got a van. You yep. got some. And I just got finance on the van. Finance on the van. Ten grand buy. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of debt involved in it. Ten thousand dollar van. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's yeah. just second hand. Yeah. It looks new. Yeah. Huh? It's amazing what you can buy on pickles. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Was it pickles? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So unreal. Um, again, it does the trick. I did a bit of work on it inside to fit it out, and um, but. I don't know. The way I looked at it, if you go and buy the flash vans and everything else, you're so conscious about chipping things or bumping yeah. things and and I'm lugging big machinery in and out and hoses and everything else. I don't want to be worried about that stuff. Yeah. So this <clears throat> we're recording this in June. It's the start of June. It's not been a particularly wet winter, but I'm guessing that your business will be re- like will have a degree of seasonality based on property turnover it's really it's not really the, the property market it's transact number of trans, transaction volume would be yeah. a big big driver for you yeah yeah, yeah I, I guess that's but that's where it's going to be a big pre-spring getting yeah. ready the six weeks prior to the spring season absolutely I, look I, I don't think <clears throat> the real estate market in general I don't think is as seasonal as what it used to be um, gone to the days where people would say, I don't want to be selling because it's school holidays or I don't want to be selling because it's winter or people sell when they need to sell. Um, and that's where it's important working with um, a handful of high-profile agents that are doing volume all year round. Um, they don't have the mindset of, oh, it's winter, I'm going to be slower. They push through and they do the volume. So it, I, a lot of people have asked me whether winter will sort of affect the business but at the moment touch wood um, the volume's been there Um, but I've got enough referring agents and and people um, that underpins any shortfall anyway so I guess my point is if you're already you know comfortably busy now and it's the lower lower season like what's going to happen when you've got too much work What's your next? What's your, what's your next step? Are you going to farm it out? Are you going to contract? Yeah. Are you going to hire people? Yeah, it's interesting, and we've spoken about it a few mm-hmm. times. And uh, people have asked whether I'll employ people, and I'm kind of reluctant at the moment. Um, I'm not closed off to it, but you don't want to manage people. I just don't no. want to manage people, and particularly when you're dealing with the kind of assets I'm dealing with, like they can be anywhere from two million up to a twenty million dollar house. Um, you damage them, it can be a really costly exercise. Um, and look, that's with any business, there's a degree of risk, but at the moment... We, I, we are insurance brokers, so don't... Uh, I know you are. Well, you did my insurance, so... No, no, I know I'm in safe hands. I just don't want to test oh, out... Oh, I just oh, don't want to test out that policy. Yeah, correct. Yeah, we yeah. don't want you to do that either. No. That'd be good. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so... So what? So, so at the moment, I have had... A, sorry, I have had a couple of jobs where I've needed help, and... 
Um, what I've done is I've just contracted it out to other people. So Michael Webb, who I mentioned before, I get Webby in, I pay him a day rate, or I get um, Dougal in, who he is a professional rock climber and he, he's all about harnesses and working on roofs. Um, I don't go on roofs. Um, I made that decision early on and it was probably one of the caveats um, my wife had on me opening this business was she wanted me to be around to help raise the daughter, um, not the daughter, raise Harriet. Um, and there's just too much risk on getting on roofs and there's too many things that could happen and you only need one wrong foot and you're off the roof and you, you're going to really seriously hurt yourself. So I, I don't do roofs in saying that. I will take it on as a job, um, but I get someone in to do the work. So um, there's margins in it, but that still makes financial sense. Yeah. Because um, someone, I guess, just wants their house cleaned, and that means it's the roof, it's the yeah, correct, it's the yeah. walls, yeah. it's the yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so down the track, uh, the way I see it, probably the the first employment would be to have an offsite, so someone that was with me all day, just to help me um, get through jobs quicker. Um, and the other thing is, if I go and employ someone and start farming work out to them. I've got to buy them a van, I've got to get workers' comp, I've got to get full um, set up for them. And then there's the constant worry about they're on ladders, they're using high-pressure machines. Um, I, it's just, for the financial benefit of it, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't excite me to do it just yet. Now, that may change um, down the track or there may be some sort of... Um, version of that that it, it sort of because it will reach a stage I've now got I reckon the best part of 12 agents that are high profile agents that when they're at full ball referring work to me I will be at the stage where I'll have to say no and then you start losing some of those agents I'm hyper aware of that um, because as all agents say and anyone says they're all well and good early days good trades people but when they get busy all of a sudden like all of them they, they start to make mistakes and they start to let you down and I'd rather say no to work than take it on and do a half-assed job and ruin the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we, um, like, one of the core tenets of Moody Cadell and one of the things that's made the business really successful, and I've chatted to you about this, is the thing that, you know, my, my dad, the founder and his business partner, David, always said is if you got, if you had a tradesperson that arrived on time, charged what they quote, did a fair job, cleaned up after themselves um, and, and, and called you back in the first place, would you use them again? And the answer is obviously yes. And the key to that is, you know, they did a fair job. They didn't do the best job because yeah. they don't need to do the best job. They just need to like... Do the job. Do the job. Yeah. Not put their foot through your floor or leave yeah. crap everywhere when they've changed your pipe or whatever it is. Yeah. But they don't. they don't typically call you back you, yep. can, you can't get hold of them they arrive late they tell you they're going to do something and they don't do it and yep. like it's the basic stuff and it's what we've built our business on with finance broking yep. and insurance broking of just doing all of those things and the the key thing and there's just a lot of similarities because you know you you've developed a you know many businesses that are trade-based businesses that are ser- well basically services businesses home services businesses um they they're based on you know facebook ads google yep. ads 
and you know their big customer acquisition channels and yep. referrals yep. Um, from other from other other customers, letterbox drops, that sort of stuff. Whereas you're gone down the route of building you know this very purposeful relationship with these sales professionals and understanding them, knowing them, and doing that really, really, really well. And yep. as I said to you, as I said to you a number of times, I think that's a real. I mean, it's a it's a unique point of difference and. You, you know, although people will watch this video and, and listen to this and go, oh, that's cool, like, you've got, to, you've got to actually know and understand exactly what the referrer needs, what, their, what yep. their job is. I mean, in our business, we get referrals from um, accountants and suppliers of equipment, and they're two very, very different businesses, both totally. with, with unique... Yep. Um, attributes and things that they want out of the it, yep. you know out of the thing because they like they just want to refer the business so that they can do their job and get it. and if you if you're not in that mindset I mean for you it's like I, you know this person wants to sell this house and make their commission yep. and to do that they need to wow the customer and to do that they need to do this project management piece really really well and to do that I'm part of that so yep. I've got to so, I, so, so and if you don't understand that, yep. you don't get that. Well, then you're not going to, as you said, you're going to lose a referral, yep. and, um, and and you're out of it. And so, I think what you said before is key as well. When you said, "Oh, you do what you say you're going to do, and you do the job," I, I do try to conduct a little bonus on every job I do. Um, whether that it's little things like whether it's cleaning their auto bin or whether it's cleaning their barbecue, or yeah, something yeah. they haven't asked for, That's cool. that you just say, oh, by the way, I did this, I know it wasn't part of the quote, but I just, and it, it takes away any question around value. Yeah. Um, it takes you an extra minute or two, but it's amazing, you look at someone's auto bins, although they have, they have four bins, and they're covered in cobwebs, and they're pretty funky. It takes me three minutes to spray them all down, they look like brand new. The people think, oh, next time I take the bin out, I don't have to worry about being bitten by a spider. Or, yeah. But they're just little things that people really appreciate. Um, and that's, that's the lasting memory that, or the, the thing that they remember about the relationship was he actually did something that I didn't know he was going to do and didn't want anything for it. Smart. Um, so they're little things like that. And, and, and look, mistakes will happen and you will there'll be oversights. One thing I do do with all my clients if they're on site is... I will take for a walk of the home after the job's done to make sure that I haven't missed anything. Um, I think from time management, a lot of trades, particularly painters and gardeners, will have to go back and fix jobs so that they've missed something. Um, I don't miss a lot, but sometimes you do just get word fatigue and you oversee, you, there's an oversight or, and you can fix it on the day rather than having to drive back to the job. Um, but the client also appreciates that you've walked around the home and. But sometimes you will kill a plant or you will take some paint off a wall. Never try to hide it. I always take its client straight to it and point it out to them and I'll offer to pay for it or, or fix it. And generally speaking, they don't want you to do that, but it's the fact they haven't hidden it from them. They do appreciate it. Um, and most of the homes that I'm dealing with are over 60, 70 years old. So they understand that there is going to be a bit of wear and tear um, with the job I'm doing, but I do take a lot of pride in the work I do, and and I'm all about honesty with people. Like I, I don't think it, it pays to, to hide that kind of stuff or rush things like that. 
So talk to us about <coughs> your technology stack. So you use Zero for accounting. She's pretty basic. Yeah. So I use Zero for accounting. Yeah. Um, and do you what, what? What? Who does? Who? Who looks after your Zero file? Is it you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I've got an accountant which yeah. does my quarterly BAS yeah. and my financials, yeah. um, which I've now gone from being a sole trader um, to now set up as a company. Yeah. Um, just from a financial. Um, risk perspective just trying to protect my family and, yeah. and the way it's set up but also there's a bit of tax play on it yeah. um, but so now I do my quarterly um, basses and my income uh, taxes quarterly and then I put all my receipts and costings through zero and just file all the receipts uh, and then all my quotes are done through zero so I put a template in there and um, it's pretty bloody simple. I just do it on my phone when I'm with people. I take all the details down, um, and, and that's basically it. Um, I do do a little bit of marketing. Um, I tip my toe in this sort of social media world um, in regards to doing Facebook ads and uh, Instagram and whatnot. It's paid a little bit of dividends, but not a huge amount. I, I really focus on the relationship side, but I think it's a lot more powerful when someone comes for recommended rather than they've just found you on Google, I'd say nine times out of 10, they're probably one of three quotes when they're doing that. Um, but what I have had a lot of fun with and, and it's more, I do it for social proof that I am busy and doing the job and doing it well. I do time-lapse reels and before and afters, which is, um, if anyone's done it and looked at lawnmowers on Instagram or um, pressure cleaning on Instagram, they're incredibly satisfying to watch. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah. I, love, I love watching your videos. So, so, so well, actually, one of the platforms which I've noticed that you use, which is I thought, pretty smart, is um, is is actually LinkedIn. Yep. Because it's a professional's yep um, social media, and you know you're really focusing on. I mean, let's face it. You know the the. North Shore of Sydney is some of the yep. highest end properties. It's where you were selling homes for a yep. long period of time, so you've built the network of, of salespeople yep. there. Um, so, so LinkedIn, it's, do you use Facebook? So LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. And Instagram. So you do Facebook Reels as well? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, I'm not doing it to bring in instant business. It's more about the people that I am working with and anyone else sits in the space going, hey, Mike's gone left a field and started this new business and he's actually doing really well at it and he's doing volume rather than people wondering how my business is going. So it's yeah. just, it's a social proof exercise so yeah, people can see what it is I'm doing. Smart. Yeah. And then website, so you build that yourself? Yeah. You do that? Funny enough, I'm not into tech or anything like that, but... Um, a cousin of mine recommended I have a look at GoDaddy, um, and this isn't a plug, but uh, went on there and they've got website templates and built the website from there and just, it was a basic one page to start with and I've fleshed it out sort of since then, started a blog and everything else because apparently that all helps with the Google algorithms and whatnot, but um, yeah, so I did all that myself and it, to be honest, it didn't take me a great deal of time. And then... Um, where do people find you? Like, how to, how to, you know, how, how would, how would you, you know, give yourself a plug? <laughs> um, oh, look, it's pretty basic. It's just pinnaclepressurewashing.com.au, but uh, that or they can just Google me. Cool. Um, but 
Yeah, and that's the other thing that I do that, again, I didn't realise the importance of it is I'd say 80% of my clients at the moment I get a Google review from um, and that really pushes you up through the Google search. So do you ask for that? Yeah, I do. Right. So I ask for it the day of and I sort of lean on them to say it's important that I get it the day of because once you go past that, it's really hard to get people to do it. But um, I think, and it's not a great deal, but since I started, I've got 45-star Google reviews. Right. um, And it'll reach a point where I stop asking for them. But it's really strong. um, It's a strong recommendation when people are Googling you and they don't know who you are to, to see that apparently. So I've really pushed that as well. Good. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Mate, Mate thanks awesome. for having me. How That's good. brilliant. All right. Very good. That's it. Thanks, bud. We're done. That's the point.